Hey, take your Bible, if you would. We're going to go there to Romans 5 in just a moment, uh, but I want to talk about our church calendar. Uh, let me say this. I always enjoy the process of, of dreaming and looking forward and uh, just gathering uh, a special call of God for our church family. And uh, the, the privilege of, of being your pastor is not lost on me. Uh, this is disconnected. It has nothing to do with the sermon. But I'm just looking out at the congregation as I was singing and thinking, aside from my family, uh, this is the most important group of people that I live and breathe and die for. And I'm so grateful to be your pastor. And obviously my family's in here. So the people who matter the most to me in the entire world are right here in this building. Uh, if you're a church member watching, you're, you're still a part of it. You're just not in the building, but um, I, I love being your pastor. I, I love praying and asking God for direction for our church, and uh, it's, uh, it's a scary process, I'll be honest with you, um, but again, it, like I've said before on Vision Sundays, it's not about getting some special you know, vision from God. Uh, when the Bible talks about where there is no vision, the people perish, the word vision is actually talking about the scriptures, not just some idea some dude had, um, and that's, that's certainly not what we intend to do on a Vision Sunday. What we are intending to do is p- to find a place that, that in our specific context as a church right now, God, what are you pushing? What do you want us to emphasize? Where do you, what do you want us to focus in on this year? And so last year it was establishing what the church is. And we spent a lot of time doing that. And you were here and, and not just in lip service. We, we changed some things in our church and tried to work some things in and drop some things and pick some things up. And uh, God has always, as I've said before, met with us through our theme. Um, and I think this year is going to be no different. And it, it's a little scary, at least to me. You might not think so. It's, it's scary to me. Um, all the stuff that, that we're praying that God will do and uh, uh, doors that we pray that he opens. And we don't know. He may not. And we may, we may keep pressing forward for a whole other year before God does anything um, tangible that we can see. But, but the reality is we're going to try to advance. And uh, um, I'm kind of, we're kind of putting ourselves out there. It's part of what advancing is, stepping toward that water and praying that God parts it. And uh, so it's a blessing, it's a privilege to be a part of a church that has followed in faith and uh, has gone forward and has always had a heart for faith. That's where its name comes from, um, Faith Baptist Church. But let me talk to you about a couple of things, specifically on our calendar. Um, I hope you had a chance to go home and look at them. Some of, most of what I'll say today is on the calendar uh, that you got. Some of the things aren't on the calendar. You'll have to note it on your calendar at some point. Um, but I'm going to discuss and kind of go over certain things. So we're starting in January. Uh, each of our months is going to have a different focus on advancement, particularly this month. We're going to be talking about advancing the church and really just trying to establish the connection between last year and this year. Um, and, and I would encourage you uh, to not miss uh, a Sunday, uh, Sunday morning very specifically. Don't miss church, right? Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. You ought to be in church. You ought to be in the house of God. But particularly on Sunday morning, we are developing the terms of our conditions, right? The rest of the year, we're going to be developing the idea of advancing. Well, we're defining that right here, right now in our morning services and and so don't miss that. If you were not here for Sunday uh, at 11, you've got to go back and listen. Otherwise, you're going to be way behind the ball for the rest of the year. And so the idea of this morning was, hey, here's where we are. There's where we're going. God says, charge the people that they go forward. And really, we're going to lean into that. And so that's Vision Sunday. Our first opportunity to really advance is going to be, obviously, Sunday this afternoon. We did that too. Saturday, we'll do that too. But Arvin, on the 27th, we're going to be headed out to Arvin uh, to see if God would open up an opportunity there. We've got members who live there. We've got opportunities there that we might not have another cities, and we're just going to go rattle the door and see if God opens that great door effectual, and we're going to try to walk through it, and, and uh, there's a reason you'll notice on your calendar every other month there's an open door ministry, and that's not because we don't want to do it every month. It's that we want to be able to leave some open-ended room on the backside of it to say, you know what, man, there were some people who got saved. We're going to go do a Bible study. We're going to go open this up, and you'll notice if you, you, you look at your calendar today, every other month there's a new city that we're going to go to, and all of that is mobile. All of that can be changed depending on what God does and what God opens, and uh, you'll see some of that 
that. So that's January. We're going to focus on advancing the church and establishing what it means to advance. In February, we're going to really put a heavy emphasis on advancing the gospel. Our Sunday nights are going to become uh, a little bit different. We're going to do soul winning workshop, evangelism workshop here in the main service. It won't be a breakout thing. We're going to be here. Uh, You're going to have weekly homework assignments. You're going to uh, have memory verses. Uh, It's going to be different. We've done the soul winning uh, workshop outside. It's going to be different from that, Uh, but we're going to walk through how to win someone to Christ, how to learn and just be ready. And then you're going to have a weekly homework assignment through the month of February uh, for your neighbors or your family or someone that you know that's lost. And so mark your calendars and be a part of that. On February the 14th, Valentine's Day of all days, uh, we will begin a four-week mid-week service uh, uh, study for the men and for the women. So there'll be a ladies class on Wednesday night and a men's class as well. So mark your, I guess you don't have to mark your calendars. We already did it for you. Um, on, in March, we're going to focus on advancing giving. That's our by faith banquet time. And uh, we are praying that God will give us the uh, money and the ability to repave our parking lot, a massive need uh, here at Faith Baptist Church. And there are always things to do, but then there are those things where you're like, this should have been done a long time ago. And uh, I think I told our church this. I preached a building banquet up in the Bay Area, and they were raising money to rebuild their parking lot. And I thought, that's a whole lot better than ours. And uh, we should just take your parking lot. And uh, when you guys redo yours, we'll just take the one you currently have. And uh, so our parking lot is in gross disrepair. Uh, Also during the month of March, we will begin our missions trip. And please keep in prayer for that. March the 25th, uh, me and a handful of our churchmen are going to be headed uh, to Zambia to begin the process of learning how to do missions trips. And that's the purpose of it. And we, we, we are taking a handful of men who, when we come back, can then go back and lead those trips and different men who can, in the future, take 15, 16, some here, some there. And uh, we're just praying that God will show us some things. Having never done this, Brother Mears is going to help lead our trip this first time. And then we're going to come back and in-house, we're going to do our own missions trips and go and just see what God does. Uh, we will have, and so be ready for this, we'll have fasting sign-up sheets uh, for this. I, I trust that all of the men who will be going on this trip will fast during the, that trip at some point. Uh, but we're going to ask our church family, we're going to try to fill that out, that the entire time we're gone, someone is fasting and praying that God will open up a door. Uh, my hope and my prayer is that by the end of the this next year there's a need for another trip or a follow-up trip or a trip somewhere else and that is not on your calendar because we we just don't know right we don't know he just told us to go between Pai Hai Haroth and the Red Sea and we're there and now we just don't know exactly what comes next but we're praying that God will give us direction for that and I pray that you'll be praying for that as well that's not just the job of the church leadership to pray for that's the job of the church and a global outreach is all of our job uh, be in prayer for brother Josh March the 30th is Easter and uh, I'll be in Zambia and uh, brother Josh will be here preaching Easter service. And so keep Brother Josh in prayer. And uh, he is nervous about it, but he will do great. Brother Josh, where are you? There you go. Brother Josh, are you nervous? It's an awesome opportunity to preach the gospel on the day that it was sealed for us. And uh, so you keep Brother Josh in prayer as he will lead uh, the service that day. And also Brother Escobar in the Spanish service. In April, we'll be, uh, the emphasis will be advancing globally. We'll have our missions trip all the way through the first half of that month. Uh, when we return, uh, that Sunday night, the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th, and some of the men are going to find this out right now, uh, the men who went on the trip are going to share with us uh, different things that God spoke and taught to them. And if you're horrified to do that, you've got like five months to, or two, you've got like two months to pray over it. And uh, this is your advance notice. But the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th, and to just share what God has done for us. And we've got a group of guys.
guys that are going that have different gift sets and just pray for them. Uh, on the 20th of April, we're going to Taft and we're going to just see if God will open up a door there. And uh, years ago, there used to be a chapel out there. There no longer is a chapel out there. And uh, so we are praying that God would allow us to go spark a light and light a fire and see what God would do. And uh, my ultimate prayer, though I, I don't know what God will do with it, my ultimate prayer is that we could start churches in every city in our county. On the 27th, I don't think this is on your calendar. We have a men's shooting activity that we're going to be doing with Victory Baptist of Paso Robles. And so we'll get together with some of our men, have a barbecue, and have a fun time with that. Uh, in May, we're going to focus on you as an individual, personally. We're going to focus on advancing personally. And uh, our life stage groups will be back for the first time in a while. And uh, those will be groups based on your age. And so we'll have kids' classes, teen class, young adults' class, uh, senior saint class. We'll have a bunch of different classes that will last about four months. And uh, we're going to rotate in between. I told you about this. We're going to rotate in between the life stage classes, everybody together on Wednesday night, and then group-based Bible study classes on Wednesday night. So that will rotate every quarter of this next upcoming year. Uh, on the 13th of May, we'll have a mother-son activity. And uh, we had scheduled this years ago during COVID, and then the entire world shut down, and we never got to do it. And uh, so mother-son activity. And then for the first time ever, and I apologize, some of you, this is going to hurt, because you're going to be like, ah, oh, I wish we had that when I was graduating. I do too. Uh, but on the 26th, we'll have an FBC graduation ceremony. So all of our kids graduating from kindergarten, all of our kids graduating from sixth grade, eighth grade, or high school or college, we'll have a little bit of a ceremony for them, uh, even public school or homeschool or whatever, just an opportunity to recognize our graduates. And we'll, we'll have that service on the 26th. Again, if you say, but, but I graduated last year, just throw on the cap and gown and come back. We'll have a good time with it. We'll just make up for everyone we didn't do that for this first year. So Brother Ronnie's going to bring his cap and gown and it will be, it'll be a great time. But that's something that I feel like, man, we, we, weren't, we don't necessarily have that ability before, and now we do, and I, I really want to do that for all of our church family. Uh, in June, we're going to talk about service, advancing service. That'll be our focus. Uh, we've got a young adults retreat uh, back on the calendar. We're headed over to the Central Coast, the 6th, 7th, and the 8th, and uh, so that's on the calendar. We have a father-daughter activity, and uh, father-daughter dance, I'm just kidding, uh, but a father-daughter activity on the 17th, uh, open door ministry to Delano, and uh, praying that God will open up something there. Uh, and then in July, we're going to focus on the next generation, so advancing generationally. Uh, we'll have our missions fireworks booth. That money will go directly toward uh, the, the, the missions trips of the, the next missions trips, Lord willing, not this previous one, uh, but toward missions trips. And some people have asked, how come that's not going to the teen camp? And here's the reason. It appears by this point in the, the life of uh, Camp Forge is that Camp Forge is now self-sustaining. And uh, other churches are helping pitch in. Uh, we've reached a place where now what comes in more than pays for what goes out. And uh, as that account grows, we'll be able to purchase different equipment for Camp Forge. And so traditionally over the last three years, it's been a heavy project from Faith Baptist Church. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And now we're, we're looking at almost 200 campers for this next year. I think we've added six or seven different churches. We're at the point now where we're kind of screening our phone calls, churches calling to want to come, which is a huge blessing. Um, but that does mean that financially the camp should be self-sustaining, which is a huge blessing. But this, this missions, uh, uh, rather the fireworks booth, will go toward the following missions trips to help offset the expenses of the people of Faith Baptist Church, the membership of Faith Baptist Church to go. Uh, then uh, Vacation Bible School, focusing on the next generation. And uh, you keep the oars in prayer. They're going to take point on Vacation Bible School and themes and plans. And you want to get involved in Vacation Bible School, see Brother and Mrs. Orr. It's going to be a very exciting time. And then August the 2nd. Camp Forge is back, this time not in Bakersfield. And uh, so we are, what an awesome time, but I hope it never happens again. 
And um, we're actually, we're working on a sticker right now for I Survived Camp Friends. Um, is, and we're going we're gonna to give that out at teen camp. And uh, for all of the kids who came to Bakersfield for teen camp, what a disappointment. But uh, as they said, it was an awesome time and you guys were great. It was an awesome opportunity for our church, a great stewardship opportunity. But I hope we never do it again. And uh, because they have a staff that cooks and cleans and sets up and breaks down and, and we won't have to do that. Uh, so that's going to happen in the, the very end of July into August. Uh, and then we've got something we've never done before, and this is courtesy of Brother Will. Brother Will came and said, Pastor, you know, have you thought about doing something uh, even beyond our, our, our reach right here, you know, Taft and Delano and so forth? He said, what if we turned family camp into some kind of evangelism effort and uh, we went somewhere beyond? And he, and he had mentioned Bishop. And so what we're planning on doing, this family missions retreat, that, uh, missions advance, not retreat, advance, right? Uh, this family missions advance happens on August the 22nd through the 25th. And uh, we're going to sign folks up. We're going to go have a great time. We're going to do fishing and hiking, and it's near Mammoth. And you can do all kinds of awesome things, bring a trailer, tent camp, get an Airbnb, however you want to do it. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have scheduled events. We'll have some preaching. We'll also focus on evangelism. Um, to my knowledge, there isn't even like a Southern Baptist church. When we were up there in Mammoth, uh, there wasn't even anything remotely uh, accessible while we were there. And so that's something we wouldn't do on a Saturday morning. It's something we might do on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, we're, even if you're able, uh, we're going to be leaving some folks behind to have some kind of a service up there. And, and uh, we'll be inviting folks too. We haven't worked out all the details. And if you've got a thought that you want to add to that, Family Missions Advance uh, is going to be an awesome time, something we've never done. But it is it is fulfilling the, the theme and the Great Commission, and so uh, something we want to ta- tailor in with our, our family uh, camp, uh, now having a very specific bend uh, in that direction. So micro-calendars for that. Uh, in September, we're going to talk about revival, advancing spiritually. We desire to grow, and uh, we won't have a lot of speakers this year. We've got different men in our church that don't want to speak, and staff, and so forth. We will, however, during September, every Wednesday night, have a different special speaker who will preach on the idea of being revived and growing spiritually, and so we've got some different men on the calendar for that. And then uh, uh, for the first time, we've got a women's retreat at Ironwood. And uh, so you ladies can join uh, my wife and some of the ladies of Faith Baptist are going to head over to Ironwood and you'll sleep in an air-conditioned cabin and uh, your meals will be prepped. It's super preppy. Uh, it's very, very nice. It's hosted by Canyon Ridge. They do a tremendous job with it. And uh, so ladies, mark your calendars now uh, in your phone. You're, like I said, your other calendar already has a marking on it. In October, we're going to talk about advancing our faith and uh, growing and uh, we have at the very end of the month the big day and uh, we've we've come I was talking to other staff I've become really comfortable just titling it the big day because we have no idea what it's going to be and uh, every year God has just done something different and uh, one of those big days turned out to be starting of the Spanish ministry which we had no idea we were going to do and it just so happened that you know nine months earlier we were like okay the 16th we're doing that we don't know what it is but God did and uh, so I've become very comfortable in just leaving big day Uh, we don't ever call it the big day, but to us, we, we know it's on the calendar. Uh, also, during that month on the 12th is uh, uh, Open Door to Wasco, and our faith groups will start. Our faith groups are the topic-driven classes that will meet on Wednesday night for the adults, and uh, this, this year we'll have Homiletics 2 taught by myself, we'll have church history, we'll have a bunch of really unique topics um, for you to pick from for a four-month period of time on a Wednesday night, and so be mindful of that and be ready for that in October. Uh, November, we're talking about advancing uh, worship, and uh, we'll lean into that idea of worship during the service and Sunday morning and so forth. Uh, we'll also have a heavy emphasis on, on soul winning and summers, uh, or rather uh, Saturday saturation, uh, getting out and talking to people and marking your calendars to be here on the Saturdays to go out. And then December 
I, always, I told you this last year, and some of you have caught it over the course of the years. I'll normally rotate in Christmas time between the narrative and the doctrine of Christmas, the narrative and the doctrine. Well, this last year we did narrative, so I'm pumped to get back to doctrine. And uh, so during the month of Christmas, we'll talk about advancing doctrinally. Uh, back on the calendar, and this is a huge step of faith. We haven't done this in recent years, but the drive-in Christmas movie as an outreach opportunity. And so be ready for that, Brother Eddie and uh, Brother Joe. If you're finding out about, out about that right now, you have... Some months, but we're going to need to be ready for that. And then not on your calendar, but by popular demand. And sometimes we say that and it wasn't actually popularly demanded. This one was popularly demanded on December the 31st. We'll have our countdown service. And uh, so it'll be a great time. That was a lot of fun. And uh, if you missed it, you missed it. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, just to be around God's people, and I had so much feedback, you know, like, I wouldn't even want to be hanging out with my family right now, they're all drunk, and just being, being around God's people, and ringing in the new year, and it was an awesome time, so expect that to kind of stay on the calendar, and uh, so, so be ready for that. So I want to encourage you, church family, there'll be plenty more things that get added to the calendar and so forth as we go through the year, but my hope and my prayer is that each of them require a measure amount, measurable amount of faith. And uh, the hope and the prayer for this year as your pastor, and I don't want to overplay that hand, but, but that's, a, that's a job God has called me to and given me, and, and I love being your pastor. My prayer and my hope is that we will, we will go forward uh, by faith and that we'll trust God through the hardships, that we'll trust God in the moments we don't know what comes next, but we know we're where we're supposed to be. And uh, just be in prayer for that, if you would, as we go forward, especially the missions and the outreach and so forth. There's a heavy emphasis on that. And again, I can beat that drum. But you got to hop in the drum line with me, and we got to go somewhere with it. And, and all of us need to get involved in that process. And, and again, I'm not saying the only time you can soul win is Saturday or Sunday. I'm saying we all need to be soul winning. Um, and, and there's definitely, let me just say, there's definitely a correlation between those who are going out with the church and those who are going out, period. Um, and a lot of times we hide behind anonymity like, oh, I, I do sometimes. But, but there's, there's something about public and corporate accountability, being able to go. Again, it's not the only time you can do it, but it, it's a good opportunity to do it and, and to encourage and sharpen each other and go out two by two. Jesus did give that example uh, that you can shake your, your feet off and go together and be encouraged. So there's something about going with uh, some people who can encourage you. Now, let's head over uh, to Romans chapter number five and I have a bit of a disclaimer. Um, This sermon has to be adapted from last week. I was supposed to preach it last week. I had the entire thing written, was ready, fired up, and then I couldn't stand any longer through Sunday, and so I had to lay in my bed and listen to Brother Escobar preach, which which was a blessing, honestly. We should bring mattresses in here. Um, It does make... (laughs) It does make it a little easier in some respects, but so, so here's why I say that. Um, the first Sunday of 2024, we, we spoke a lot about reviewing. Uh, now, that was kind of the key word. We went back and reviewed how was our relationship with our family, and how was our relationship with God, and how was our relationship with the Word of God, and we really spent a lot of time, both in the morning and the evening, the first Sunday of, of uh, January, examining our previous year's progress. And for all of us, if we can go back, and this is where I kind of, it would have been a lot easier if, if last week we preached that message, but we're kind of separated. So you're going to have to reach back in your mind to remember. And if you weren't here, just kind of bear with me through the introductory portion. The rest of the sermon will make sense. But we spoke about examining and reviewing last year. And for all of us, there was definitely work, right? We, I hope that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God brought some conviction in our heart that, man, I didn't do great in this area, and man, I didn't do great in that area. And, and for some people, that process of self-examination might have been a little bit overwhelming. Um, it might have produced some measure of godly sorrow, like Paul talks about to the Corinthians and Second Corinthians. Uh, and Paul says, hey, listen, I, 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 I'm sorry that I made you sorry, but I, I'm not sorry that you sorrowed. And it's a little bit of a hard statement to understand. But essentially, he says, hey, I didn't, I didn't want you to feel bad, but 
But now that you do feel bad, I want to make sure that you're sorrowing the godly way that leads you to repentance. And so my heartbeat in last well, two weeks ago's review was not to make you feel like trash or that, man, 2023 was a total wash and I lost so much ground. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a good for nothing. That's not it at all. But in order to make progress forward, we did need to go back and, and recognize, hey, we slipped up in this area. And uh, we didn't do what we should have done as a parent. And man, we didn't do what we should have done as a soul winner. And, and just examining that is important. And, and as we move into this evening service, again, it, it's a little more disconnected from that sermon than I wanted it to be. Uh, but I really do want us to spend some time not just reviewing, but and, and I don't mean it to be cute and rhyme, but actually renewing our hearts and our minds. Um, it's one thing to review and be like, oh man, I messed up. And that's needed. Don't stay in that, that sorrow of the world that worketh death, right? But it's important that you review, review. But tonight, I really do want to lean into the biblical process of now renewing yourself for that process and that call. Again, I feel like it had been great last week, but it, you know, the Lord had different plans, and I think it'll be great tonight. Uh, renewal is a powerful biblical process whereby we start again. We start over with the intention of actually improving. The word renew appears 14 times across the Bible in some really, really powerful places to teach us some really powerful truths. In fact, some of you will already in your mind be able to tell me two or three of the verses I'm going to use tonight. We're going to do a bit of a biblical survey of the idea of renewing yourself. Um, There's some uh, places in the Bible where God very explicitly, very clearly says, hey, I want you to renew this area. And we're going to chase down seven of those tonight, specifically in the text uh, of the Old and mostly the Old, but but some of the New Testament tonight. And so, but before we dive in and before we pray, let me give you a working definition of the word renew. I think these are important to know your, what what, what are you even dealing with? This idea of renew, what does it mean? Let me give it to you. The word renew means to cause something to become new. and, And we all get that, but let me keep reading. To become new and different with the implication of becoming superior. So if you renew something, you're not just necessarily restoring it to former glory, but you're creating it in a more usable, in a better, a more superior uh, context. And this idea, God's desire of renewal for us spiritually is all across the scripture. God desires that we would renew ourselves before him constantly. And sure, yes, last week we examined, or two weeks ago, forgive me, we examined and reviewed and saw some areas in our hearts and lives that are like, ah, I wish I did better. Okay. But you can't go back, but you can renew. You can renew a commitment. You can renew your heart. You can renew different aspects that scripture gives us. Uh, and listen, while there is failures, listen to this. The Bible is very clear. And this is where you're going to go in, in uh, uh, Romans chapter five, that there's, there's grace to abound. There's grace to, to start over. Uh, there's grace to become superior or different or better image bearers of Jesus. Look with me, if you would, at Romans chapter number five, verse number 19. It says, For as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners, that's the rest of us. So by the obedience of one man, uh, by one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. That's important to know. But look at verse number 20. Well, let me say this. One man broke it, Adam, but one man, Jesus, can fix it all for us. And he's marching toward the word grace. Look at verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered when Adam fell, that that the offense might abound. So we would know that we were broken. But where sin abounded, please read the last part of verse 20 with me, grace did much more abound. So listen, church family, yes, when you look back at 2023 and you think, oh, 
I broke things. I lost ground. I didn't keep commitments I made. I made mistakes in my marriage. I made mistakes in my, my uh, you know, morality or something. Yes, sin may have abounded, but the great goodness of God is that Adam brought sin, but Jesus brought grace. And where your sin is, and in abundance even, his grace does much more abound. Look at verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, in the same way that sin reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So listen, before we pray and start our kind of biblical survey of this idea of renewal, can we just take a minute and think about grace? Just to recognize that it is by his grace we are where we are. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, and that's a hard state. You're like, yeah, but Paul, you were awesome. Well, Paul called himself the chiefest of sinners. Paul did stuff nobody in this room, at least to my knowledge, has done. And listen, we may not be where we dream we wanted to be at the end of this last year, but by the grace of God, we are where we are. You're still in church today. You're still married today. You say, yeah, but my marriage is not what I want, what I want it to be. Okay, fine. That, that may very well be true, but there's grace. And by the grace of God, you are where you are today. Even though you've got baggage and even though you're, who you are has got mistakes and you've got maybe skeletons in your closet, hey, if you're still following Jesus, you are there only because of the grace of God. You're still married tonight, not because you're awesome, but because of grace. You haven't messed up and blown your family by grace. You're still in church today. And there are many people who are not in church today. And they, they failed out and they, they walked away and, it, and you stayed. Why? Not because you're awesome, but because of grace. And so I say that to remind us of this. If there was grace enough to get us to where we are, and again, lay aside the previous message where we're reviewing and saying, oh yeah, but where I was is bad. I know, that's fine, but you're here where you are and there's grace enough to carry you forward. Grace got you this far and grace is abundant to bring you forward in the process of renewal, okay? So let's pray and we'll dive into our study and survey tonight. God, would you guide us this evening? Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your church. Thank you for these sweet, dear people, God. I pray that you would bless us. I pray that you would guide us. I pray that you would strengthen us and help us, Lord, to march forward and advance for the cause of Christ. And uh, Lord, we don't know how many days we've got left. There's all kinds of crazy predictions and things out there about the economy or the, you know, society falling and Lord, none of those things matter to us. We've got a clear set of commissions and commands to go forward, regardless of the darkness of the day. And I pray that we would be faithful, Lord, to go forward as you told the children of Israel. May we be guilty of the same process. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So seven areas tonight. Um, this message is not designed to be earth-shattering. Some of these you'll already recognize. While it's not designed to be earth-shattering, what it is designed to do is remind you of very, very clear in, uh, instances in the Bible where God says, hey, I want you to renew this area. Now, again, we ought to renew all areas of our spiritual life, but there's some areas as we survey the Bible where God very clearly says, now that's an area I specifically want you to emphasize renewal. And so again, while we look back at the last year, okay, review is over. Now let's take some time and look at what the Bible says. Now let's renew some of these things spiritually. Would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter four? It's where we're gonna find our first admonishment of renewal. And that is the idea of renewing the inner man the inner man. Now, most of you could probably quote, maybe not most of you, but a large portion of you could probably quote the idea that the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. But I want to ask you a question as you're turning there. How is the inner man renewed day by day? There's a very, very clearly listed reason and measure, uh, or rather not measure, but 
uh, method by which the inner man gets renewed. And I want you to pay attention in the text. If we're to renew the inner man while the outward man perishes, how in the world are we to renew the inner spiritual man inside of every one of us? We do understand when we were lost, we only had an old nature, right? And we were dead in trespasses and sin. That old man and that old nature reigned, right? From Adam uh, until, until Jesus, that old nature reigned. But we got saved and a new man came on and we walk and we struggle and the old man wrestles with the new man and the, the outward physical body, it struggles and it's hard and it's hard to wake up and you got a job schedule and you're busy and that outward man's gonna perish. But the inward man, the Bible says, hey, focus on renewing that inner man. But how do you renew the inner man? Do you take like a spiritual nap, right? We all kind of know how to renew the outer man, right? We need a nap, you know, we might need a, you know, a hamburger. We might need, you know, a vacation. But those, don't thing, those things aren't necessarily how you renew the inner man. So how do we renew the inner man? For that, we have to go to the scripture. Um, uh, and it shows us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 14. I really want you to listen. Be biblical investigators. Be biblically literate. Figure out in the text, how does God say we renew the inner man? Notice what he says in verse 14. Now, that, that particular verse and idea about renewing the inner man comes in verse 16. There's a reason we're starting in verse 14. He says, knowing that he, God, which raised up the Lord Jesus, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause? So again, whenever you find that because of for which cause, you know the previous statements are what cause the next statements. So the next statements are, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So because of what was previously stated, we're not going to get so weary we faint. Yes, our physical body is going to struggle, but inwardly we can be renewed day by day. Well, how? Verse 14 knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Here's how you renew the inner man. Keep your eyes on the resurrection. I didn't make that up. That's right there in the text. Yeah, I can give you all kinds of, well, you know, if you read three chapters a day, your spiritual, you know, man will be renewed. And that's probably true. But you know the thing that God gave us to renew the inner man? He said, knowing that Jesus, who is raised up by God, God the Father raised him up, he too will resurrect us. And so let me put it in real layman's basic terms for us. I will someday stand before God in my physical flesh. And my spirit ought to be renewed by that. That no matter what I walk through, no matter what struggle I face, I know that in my flesh, as Job said, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. And that will renew the inner man. It doesn't matter what we're facing in this life. In fact, you go ahead and keep reading the rest of the, the chapter. Look at verse 17. It's the very next thought. And these, we oftentimes disconnect these two, but they're right there next to each other. Verse 16, we just read. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but on, uh, at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not, uh, are not seen are eternal. So you know that verse about, hey, you're carrying baggage and it's heavy, but it's light because it's only for a moment and afterwards it works an exceeding weight of glory. What is that encouraging us about? That yeah, the outward man's perishes and it's hard to carry the burdens and it's hard to keep the schedule and it's hard to pay the bills and it's hard to keep, you know, uh, you know balance church and family and, and work and all these different priorities and it's difficult and that outward man perishes and you've got heavy burdens to bear. But the fact of the matter is it's just a light affliction for but a moment and afterwards you're gonna stand before God and receive eternal rewards and glory for the rest of forever. And I wanna encourage you, church family, when it comes to renewing our inner man spiritually, there's no life hack to it. 
Um, there's no, it, it really, if you, this is a simple statement, but if you want to be spiritual, you want the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, you're going to have to walk in the spirit. You're going to have to be renewed spiritually. So if you're going to renew the inner man, that doesn't happen by doing outer man renewal. That happens by doing inner man renewal. And that is keeping your eyes on Jesus and walking in the spirit that he can renew you and refresh you even under the hardest of circumstances. And you're tired and you're, you know, you're wore out and, and things haven't calmed down for a long time. You can still have inner man renewal. And God's desire for us is that we would be renewed. Uh, because again, physically, God gave us the responsibility of, uh, or rather the principle of Sabbath. We're no longer under the Sabbath, but the idea still very much exists that we need rest. But our spiritual man needs renewal as well. We renew physically by rest and food and you know things of that nature. But spiritually, we renew ourselves by walking in the spirit and keeping our eyes on the reality that someday this light affliction that's but for a moment will pass away. And we'll stand before God in our flesh. So I want you to, if you would, take your Bible, go to Lamentations. So that's the first one, specifically, and I don't have a lot of time to spend on each of them. I got, like I said, I've got seven of them tonight, and we've got the Lord's Supper, and I don't want to take away any time for that. But I want our second one uh, is found over in Lamentations. It's a, a prayer of Jeremiah, actually. And this prayer takes place after the destruction of the nation of Israel. And uh, the prayer is, and this is our second area of renewal, uh, we ought to pray, some of us, maybe this doesn't apply to everyone, um, but Jeremiah prays that God would renew them to the way it used to be. And, and let me, before I even get to the text, well, no, let's get to the text. After Jerusalem falls, Jeremiah writes the book of Lamentations, which the word Lamentations we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It just means to lament or to mourn. And I want you to pay a close attention to what Jeremiah's prayer is uh, in verse number, or chapter number five, verse 19. Lamentations chapter five, verse 19. This is one of the instances we find the word renew, and I found it so significant. It'll take a little bit more development than maybe the other ones, but stay with me. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 19 says, Thou, O Lord, remainest forever, thy throne from generation to generation. Verse 20, Wherefore dost thou forget us forever and forsake us so long time? The nation of Israel has been decimated. The temple has been destroyed. The, the children of Israel have been carried away captive into Babylon. Uh, mass slaughter, mass death. And Jeremiah says, God, you are forever. But why are, you, why are you so far from us? And he knows. But I want you to look what Jeremiah's prayer is in verse 21. And this might need to be your prayer this year to renew. He says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Here's what he said, God, we used to have connection to you. The temple used to mean something. Our sacrifices used to mean something. You inhabited our temple. You inhabited the praises of your people. You were there on the harp and the psaltery and the, the, the sacrifices and the Levites. And you were with us and we left you. Would you, re would you renew us to the days of old? Would you, would you take us back? to the way things used to be. And I don't, I don't suggest this is every person in the room, but it might be some people in the room. This might need to be your prayer, that God would bring you back to where you used to be spiritually. And, and I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever used this idea, but you've heard of the idea of the used to Christians, right? You meet them out door knocking like, oh, I used to teach Sunday school and I used to do this. But I would even submit that even in our church, there's probably people who used to serve who used to pray, who used to fast, 
who used to study the scriptures or used to soul win or used to love church, used to love the people of God, used to weep over sinners, used to lead your home. And now the prayer that might need to be your prayer is, God, would you renew us to the days of old? Would you take me back to that time where I I knew you and I had a close relationship with you? Uh, And listen, the beautiful thing is there's grace for that renewal. I know that you're not maybe where you want to be or maybe even where you used to be, but there's grace for your renewal. But let me, let me not paint it more rosy than it ought to be. The road back from backsliding is hard. And here's why. There's nothing new to see. It, it, it's kind of like a road trip you've already taken. There's nothing super exciting. You know, we were, we were uh, well, actually, I can use Brother, Brother uh, Dave here. Brother Dave just drove the canyon up to Kernville, and uh, him and his wife and his daughter, they were enjoying it and pulling off and taking photos and all that. And all you people who live up in Kernville were flying past them because they've seen it before. There's nothing exciting, nothing new for them. And when you first get saved, man, it's exciting. You start reading the Bible. You remember the very, I, I, I feel like I can remember the very first time I felt like God spoke to me through reading of the Bible. It was wild. Like, man, I have a direct access to God by reading this book. And all of that was first time. It was brand new. It was exciting. But should you choose to give away all of that progress? When you come back, none of it is new. It's kind of like your first time trying to lose weight after gaining weight. How would you know? Well, take my word for it. It's kind of like your first time back in the gym, right? You used to do this, and now you're like, man, I can only do like one plate. Like, there's nothing new. It's not exciting. When you start training the first time, man, everything's new. You're hitting a personal record every single time you go into the gym. And spiritually speaking, when you first get saved, everything's new. It's a brand new record. But when you've been saved for 35 years and now church attendance is hard, it's not exciting. There's no personal record. You're just doing what you used to do. It's not an easy road back. There's no firsts for a very long time. But the good news is there's grace to be renewed right? And not just return to the way you used to be. God's desire, again, the definition of renew is to be an improved and superior version of that. And there's grace for that, but it's going to be work, right? You're going to have to start coming back to your first love that you've forsaken. You're going to have to start making spirituality a priority once more. You're going to have to start getting involved again and start using your gifting again and start giving of yourself again and diving in by faith into areas you've already tested that water. It's no longer exciting to you, but it it can be. He can give you a love for those things once more. And again, I don't know that this is you necessarily, but perhaps the area you need to renew in the prayer of your heart today would be, Lord, renew me to the days of old. When you and I were close, Lord, take me back to that place, but not just back to that place, but beyond that place. I want to grow and flourish in my spiritual walk. Renew the inner man. Renew us back to the days of old. And then if you would take your Bible, go to Psalm chapter 51. And to be honest with you, I actually just debated on preaching Psalm 51. We're going we're gonna to spend the next three points, I think, in Psalm 51. Um, this goes along with the previous one, renewed to the days of old. The next one is something we all need to renew. And God calls us to renew our repentance. That is something God expects for all of us to do on a constant basis. Um, and that can be hard uh, to, to, to turn back to God. Now, let me give you the definition. Uh, repentance, the idea of repentance in the Christian life uh, is that, that one would look at their sin and look back at their God and say, Lord, I choose you over this. So you're a saved person and you're walking in sin. The idea is to say, Lord, I've done this 
and I'm sorry, and I, I don't want to do this anymore. Lord, I want to walk with you, and I want to be close to you, and I want to be in your presence. Uh, and that's the idea of repentance. Uh, that is how we get back to the days of old. Lord, here's what we've done, and we're wrong, and we're going to walk away from it, and we're going to follow you now, and we're going to come back into your presence. Uh, you're going to come, you're our Savior, and we want to be in your presence now, Lord. Would you help us? And we find a powerful example of a man renewing his repentance in David's Psalm, chapter 51. Now, for probably most of you, you have this, this title across the top. It says, Psalm 51, to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. And so what we're going to see is David once more renewing his repentance back to God. And that's actually going to cause a cascade of things. There's a couple of other renewals that come when he starts to repent. You know, renew a right spirit, restore unto me. Those are our next two. But let's walk through the text uh, and see what repentance is and how, what it produces. Look at verse number one. Here's what David says. And this is important. Did you notice that the, the music was written to the chief musician? This isn't something all Israel is going to see and know and sing. He doesn't care. He wants to be right with God. Look at verse one, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Listen, there's no path back to God. There's no path back to the joyful presence of God that doesn't take you through a real recognition of your condition and repentance of sin. There is no way, if you're a child of God, there is no way to get back into his good grace, no way to get, now again, I wanna be careful with that. You're always under the grace of God. He always loves you. But as far as being right with him, it's kind of like my children, right? When my kids mess up, they're not not my children. They're still my kids, right? But that relationship has been breached. And just in an earthly way, there's no way to repair this relationship without an apology. Scripturally speaking, there's no way to repair this relationship without genuine repentance. And that's what David is going for here. He says, blot out my transgressions through thy tender and multitude of mercies. Keep reading. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You know, confession is just calling what God calls sin, sin. Sometimes we call it something else, right? Oh, Lord, I'm sorry for my mistake. No, a mistake's when you buy 2% when you meant to buy whole. That's a mistake. Actively looking for something on your phone is not a mistake. That's sin. And confession is when we say, God... I sinned. And David claims it. David owns it. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He acknowledges it before God. There is no path back into the close relationship with God without an acknowledgement of what you've done and a repentance to turn toward him. Listen, and this is true in all relationships. Restoration cannot happen until repentance has been had. And repentance cannot be had until we have acknowledged what we've done. And that's true in our marital relationships. Now, some of you have a very, un, that was going to sound mean, fewer than maybe more. But some people have a very unhealthy relationship with maybe their kids or their wife where it's like, yeah, we fought yesterday and we went to sleep and we just kind of like, it's water under the bridge. You know, that's not biblical. You don't just go to bed with, uh, with, with wrath and wake up and just pretend like it never happened. Ima I don't want to say imagine trying that with God, but a lot of Christians try that with God. Like, yeah, it happened yesterday. I never went to, you never went to, you know, confess to him and never repented and never, never, you know, uh, brought a contrite spirit to him. But, you know, it was three days ago, so he was probably cool with it. Man, you're spending your substance with riotous living until you run out of it. That's not how relationships get repaired. That's not how this relationship gets repaired. And David is showing us this beautiful picture of repentance. I acknowledge my transgression. 
And again, this is completely separate, but when it comes to a, a spat with somebody else, maybe a brother or sister in Christ or your spouse or your kids, uh, it's important to acknowledge what you have done. Uh, David didn't say, now, Lord, I, uh, I only sinned because you put Bathsheba there. Sometimes we do that in our marriage, right? Well, I was mean because of you. Um, and maybe that can be a conversation like, hey, you know, would you help me with this? But that ought not be a part of your apology. Like, hey, I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. But you talked to me that way first, so that's why I did it. That apology's gone, right? But David doesn't do any of that. He doesn't play any of those games with God. He comes straight to him and says, God, it's my transgression, my sin. I have transgressed. Look at verse number four. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. We, when it comes to confession and repentance of a child of God, we oftentimes remove the, the personal offense our sin is toward God. He says, no, I've sinned against you. Now, did he sin against Uriah? For sure. Uh, at least in, in some theological reduction way, right? Your sin is all against God, but he definitely killed Uriah, right? He, he took Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, for those of you who don't know. Um, this is a man who lived next door to David, uh, a, a leader in his army. He sent Uriah after sleeping with his wife. He sent him to go get killed and had him killed. David sinned against a bunch of people, but David is extremely concerned with his offense toward God. And we oftentimes don't think that. We, we almost, you know, you've heard about piracy, right? Piracy is not a, not a victimless crime, you know, and we kind of treat our sin like that. Like, yeah, somewhere we bothered him. No, you, you offended the very person of God by your sin, by what you said and the behavior that you had and the things that you, you perpetrated. And David recognizes that. And he says against thee and the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Keep reading. Let's go through the rest of five through nine. Notice what he says. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. He says, man, I am broken. I, I, I'm thoroughly broken. I'm, I was born in sin. I am a sinner, right? Uh, verse number six, behold, thou desirest truth. Lord, I get it. You desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part that uh, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God, you desire for an inward change, not just an apology. Verse seven, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. This is a man who lost his child because of this sin. God broke his bones as repercussion for David's actions. And David says, Lord, I want to come back to you and I sinned against you and I know it, Lord, but will you purge me? Will your grace be once again renewed to me that the bones that you have broken may rejoice? And, and that's a beautiful thing. Some of us can even testify right now. There were things we did and we sinned against God and somehow God still put it together and made something beautiful out of it. He had to break our bones because we were knuckleheads but then he painted something beautiful with that, that brokenness. Isn't that wild? Only God can do that, right? No priest can do that, but God can. And David is praying that, Lord, would you make something beautiful out of this brokenness? Uh, verse number nine, hide thy face from my sin and blot out all mine iniquity. So let me just ask just some, some diagnostic questions. When was the last time you went before God with your dirty hands and just owned it? Like, Lord, I'm, I'm unclean what I've been saying, what I've been doing, what I've been thinking. It's my fault. It's my sin. I was wrong. Uh, and again, I wonder when's the last time that, 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 that you, you went before him and made it right. Uh, again, this perhaps needs to be, I, I would submit that it probably needs to be all of our, our New Year's resolutions, uh, but it might need to be your primary resolution to renew again repentance, that you've just been carrying a load and a, you know, uh, I, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to get theologically off, but you've been carrying this kind of like heaping on the, on the back uh, uh, you know, on a, on a trailer back here, all your sin, and you just haven't addressed it with God, and you just kind of carry on business as usual, you need to stop and make those things right. 
And you need to make repentance a daily habit. And to be honest with you, an often thing in your day. If you're here and say, yeah, I only have to repent once a day. But mm, mm, probably not. You're probably not doing it right. Right? We've all heard the story, you know, like the guy like writes it at the end, then the end of the day confesses it. What in the world are you doing holding on to that three out of five card, man? Make it right now. Like, I'm not waiting until 6 p.m. Like, well, maybe my prayer time, I'll, I'll apologize later. Can you imagine that? Like, do that with your spouse. Some of you do that with your spouse. Don't do that with your spouse. So, like, yeah, we got mad at each other. We'll talk later tonight. Like, no, make that right now. Make that right now. And especially with God, we need to make this a constant thing. And if that's something you seldom do because you're seldom wrong, you are super proud. You're, 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 you're not operating on the proper diagnosis of your own sin and self. You're lying to yourself. So we're going to keep reading our text. It's actually going to bring us into the fourth and fifth area of renewal. It's actually where we find the word renew in this passage. So look at verse number 10. David's continuing his prayer. He says, create in me a clean heart, uh, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So here's what I find. Renewed repentance brings about a renewal of your spirit. This isn't like you're the Holy Spirit. This is the, the person and the attitude uh, and the, the emotions within you. Let me say this. The longer you are not right with God, the worse off your spirit becomes. The longer you carry the load of guilt and shame. Let me say this too. Sheep are not load-bearing animals. Nobody ladens a sheep to carry goods. That's a donkey or a horse or a camel. We are sheep. We are not meant to carry the load of guilt and shame. And the longer you carry that load and the further you walk with it and the longer you wait to get right with God, the worse your spirit becomes. And David says, Lord, I've been away from you long enough and my spirit is getting worse. Would you renew a right spirit within me? Listen, it is nearly impossible to maintain the fruits of the, I will say it is impossible to maintain the fruits of the spirit when you're not right with the spirit and your spirit is not right. Uh, it's, it is impossible. You can only pretend love for so long. But if your spirit's not right because you aren't making things right with God, you're not repenting properly, you're not confessing and forsaking your sin, you're just carrying on business as usual, and you come to church, you're like, I love you, brother. Eat that guy. It comes out, man. If your spirit's not right, it will come out. Uh, you can only muster so much joy, peace, and long-suffering for annoying people. When you're living an unrepentant life, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, those are all things reserved for people who live in the presence of God. But if you fail to live in the presence of God, it's almost like, it's almost like, a, like, like mold or decay sets in when you're not right with God. You sin, man, sin enters in. And then the longer you let it stay, man, it starts creeping into the walls. It starts creeping into all over the place. And maybe you're here and the thing you need to renew this week is your spirit. You just not had a good spirit. You know what I mean? Critical. You might be angry. You might be irritable. Uh, you might have a short temper. Uh, you might just have all kinds of negative things to say about everything. Nothing's good. Nothing's right. Man, you need to renew a right spirit. Well, how do I renew a right spirit? Well, I would, I would check your repentance to see if there's, there's stuff on the trailer you've been carrying for too long. And, and again, any time is too long. Don't even wait till 6 p.m. and throw the, the card away. Just get it right with God. So here in Psalm 51, we learn about the renewed repentance. We, know, we learn that repentance brings a renewed spirit. But I want you to see next, a renewed spirit then produces a renewal of joy. Notice how, how this progresses through David's psalm. Psalm 51, 11, the next verse. He says, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore to bring back 
to, you think about restoring a car, right? The intention is not just to bring it back to, you know, what it looked like in the 60s. You want to make it look better. You want to make it run better. You want to be more efficient. The idea of restoring, renewing, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. So listen, when I'm right spiritually, I can be right emotionally. I can have that joy. When I'm right with God, I can walk in the joy of the Lord as my strength. Uh, think about that. Uh, as, as fuel is to an automobile, so the strength of the Lord and his joy is to God's people. You can only putz along so long without a right spirit and true given joy by God. And that is all going to be predicated on a proper relationship and repentance toward him. God took away David's joy. Why? So he would return to him. There's a reason godly sorrow happens when you sin. There's a reason that levity and freedom and uphold me with thy free spirit. There's a reason that joy gets sucked away like a vacuum when you choose sin. Why? What, what, what is that for? It's a mechanism God built into you and I to bring us back to him. Because the joy of the Lord, it, it is, there's nothing like it. When you know what it's like to just enjoy heaven, the idea of it, man, he's going to come for me and God is good. And it's not happiness, it's joy. And when that gets sucked away, I mean, how do you operate like that? You're not supposed to. Some of us just get numb to it, right? We're just like, I haven't had joy in forever, you know, doing church. I go to church. Man, remember when you used to enjoy it? God takes away that joy so that we would turn. It's almost like that rumble strip, right? That you hit like, oh, I'm not supposed to be over here. I'm supposed to go back, right? And then, you know, we're just driving down the rumble strip. That's what life was like without joy. You, you, you're not supposed to live without it. So let me ask, how's your joy? How, how is that? Are you, are you an overly joyful person? Some of you are just bubbly and happy, you know. I, I don't want to pick names, but I think about Emily, like just, just always so, like, she's great. I'm not like that. I, I, I struggle with it sometimes. My, my, my wife tells me I have a resting mean face sometimes, and that, that might be true. But we ought to have joy. There ought to be a prevailing spirit of, of levity and happiness. That only comes from being in the presence of God. And maybe you need to renew or restore your joy. How's your spirit and your attitude towards spiritual things? How's your relationship toward repentance? Our sixth lesson, and we're almost done, uh, we're going to find over in Isaiah chapter 40. So that's Psalm 51. Jump over to Isaiah chapter number 40. We're going to find a, a really familiar verse. Um, it's one of those ones that could stand alone. You could read it by itself, uh, and it wouldn't be bad. It, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't isogete it at all if you read it by itself. But I do want you to see the verses ahead of it in uh, Isaiah chapter number 40, the very popular passage. It'll take you a second maybe to realize that unless you know Isaiah 40 well. But number six, God calls us to renew our strength. But similarly to how um, the resurrection renews us on the inside, there is something that causes us to be renewed in strength. And we're going to investigate that in the text. He talks to us about renewing our strength, mounting up like wings as eagles, all of that. Very popular passage. But in the text, he also tells us how that happens. So how are we to renew our strength with vigor and our, our, our battle readiness and our, our advanced you know, uh, uh, directive? How are we going to have that strength to go forward? Uh, uh, where, where does it come from? Well, it comes from focusing on something, and I'll show you that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator, of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. What a beautiful verse. Verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. Okay, okay, so we're starting to get some strength. 
To them that have no might, he increases strength. Okay, all right. Verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. So like there, there's a limit to your faith, to your strength, but God's promising some renewal, but how? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We were joking about it, me and, and uh, can I use Miss Karen? It's already too late. We're joking about how we're not young anymore. And uh, how, like, you know, we used to get injured in our 20s and, bah, you know, we're right back. And now we're not in our 20s and almost not in our 30s. And, and it's hard to renew that strength. And that's what it talks about in verse 30. Even the youth shall faint. So you young, young people, like, I got vigor and I got strength. Well, for only so long. But how do we renew it? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's how we renew our strength, by waiting on the Lord, being patient in his presence, letting him work, realizing that his, his clock may feel slow, but it is never late. He is always just on time. It might seem like the second hand is slow, but he is always right on time. And that is the method by which God said your strength, it's not going to be because you're young and youthful. Uh, you're going to run and not be weary if your strength is renewed, but your strength is renewed by those who wait upon the Lord. Patience in God produces power. Waiting for God to do something. And man, isn't waiting like the hardest thing? You know that waiting is an action? Like I'm an action guy, right? I like action movies. I can't sit still. Uh, there's a lot of action and movement. And when I saw in the, I didn't, I didn't uh, highlight it this morning, but even in our text this morning, Moses says to them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Like for some of us, standing still is like the hardest thing on the planet. This is something I need to renew because I'm looking at the calendar like, okay, let's do it. Let's force it. Let's get in and swim. If he doesn't part the sea, we're going to just swim across. And God says, no, hey, 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 hey. Your strength is going to run low that way. You, you don't have the ability to push this or force this or climb, you know, make this water part. Just wait on me and I will renew your strength. And again, that's a huge exercise of faith, but it is something specifically God said. Hey, if you're going to have strength, you need renewal. That strength comes, and that renewal comes from patience and waiting on God. Now, let's jump to our final one uh, this evening, number seven. Renew your commitment to spiritual transformation. This is something God specifically says in the Word of God that you and I are to focus on renewal. We reviewed, and now we're renewing. Romans chapter 12, verse number one. Would you go there, please? A specific area, we find this word and this challenge and admonishment. Hey, make it new and make it better is our commitment to a renewed mind. And that renewed mind brings transformation. Look at verse number one and two of Romans 12. You'll recognize the passage, but the passage, I don't want to say is, is uh, it can be understood in my mind by flipping it, okay? And I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean in a moment. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by. So in all the other passages, we saw they that wait on the Lord shall be renewed. Now we see renewal by. So it's, it's almost backwards of what we've come to see in our other admonishments. Well, how in the world are, are, are we transformed? Well, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So let me, let me walk you through an understanding of this. 
The idea is that God's desire for us is to be transformed, to be changed spiritually, to grow. We're not being conformed to the world, but Jesus is actually changing us and transforming us into the image of Jesus. Well, how in the world is that going to happen? The Bible says it starts right here. It starts in renewing your mind, recommitting it, restoring it, re-engaging it, committing to the process, allowing him the access to your mind that allows for the transformation of your living. And sometimes we get weary of letting him do that. Maybe not you. Sometimes I get weary of having to grow my faith. Anybody like that? Sometimes I get weary of trials and burdens that I know, because God's already told us, he is forming Jesus in me, and I'm fellowshipping with his sufferings, but sometimes my mind is just weary in well-doing. Even in the lessons he teaches us, we can get weary of that. In the ceaseless struggle of trying to live holy and trying to repent, sometimes it's just easy to become weary in well-doing. And the idea of the text is, listen, let him renew your mind, and then he will transform your life. Let him change the way you think. Let him have access to what goes on between your ears so he can fix this and transform this. And you're going to know you're going to present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. You're going to be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. But it starts with allowing your mind to be renewed so that your life can be transformed. In fact, go over to Ephesians chapter 4. He says the exact same thing in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. Go there if you would. So I want to challenge you to allow God to continue the work of sanctification. Don't bar him from access to your heart and mind in conviction. If he's convicting you, yes, I get it. No chastening for the present seemeth joyous, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Let him do his work. So again, if God's convicting you right now or this morning or in the sermon tonight, and you're saying, oh man, God's working on my heart about my spirit. Let him do that work. Renew your mind so he can transform you. Don't just let it come in and fall out the other side and get trampled by the work of the, uh, the weak. Renew your mind so he can change you. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. He says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or living, the, uh, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Hey, put off the old living and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You notice how he says that? Hey, in, in the previous passage is, hey, uh, present your body living sacrifice. Hey, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed and let him renew your mind so you can be transformed. And here in Ephesians 4, 22, he tells us, hey, put off that old man and that old way of living and don't uh, that corruption according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So again, let me bring it back to us. Think about your Christian life, and we've, we've used this illustration a couple times, so I think it'll fit real well. The idea is you're, you're walking in grace, you get saved, you're growing, and then you get sidetracked, and you stop confessing, and you lose some of your joy, and you lose some of your, your spirits not quite right. Well, hey, here's what Paul said in Ephesians. Put off that old man. Don't let him rule and reign in your heart. The idea of putting off literally means to dethrone. Right, So if there was a throne up here, the, the old man is dethroned at salvation, a new man is made alive, and then begins the rest of your struggle. Uh, as Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that I end up doing. And there's this constant wrestling for who is throned in your heart and life. And Paul very clearly says, no, 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 get the old man off, get the new man on, renew your mind, and let God transform you and put off those old things and put on the new man. And so Christian, again, renew your mindset to being transformed. 
I hope it excites you that God wants to change you. And I know that sometimes it just, it's like, okay, the next thing. Okay, the next burden. Okay, the next service. Man, renew your mind. Let God change that. Let God fix what's going on between the ears. Uh, Let that be renewed and changed so that you can be transformed, so that you can dethrone the old man, so that you can follow after the new man, uh, which God has created in righteousness and true holiness. Refresh your perspective. Recommit to the process of spiritual growth this year. We're not going to advance with a bunch of anemic Christians. Renew your commitment to letting him change you just as he did and started doing when you first got saved. Let him keep doing that. Let him transform you. Get, transform you. Get back on the operating table. Keep letting him work on you. And don't be weary of that work that he's doing in your life. So as we pray for close tonight, renew the inner man. Renew us to the days of old. Renew our repentance. Renew our spirits, our joy, and our mindset towards spiritual transformation. Let's pray and we'll prepare for the Lord's Supper.